1: The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by the Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. all right everybody welcome back i am your host emerson beery and brought to you by my my is my co-host now my bio well. you know i i we tried for a while you know i was going to do random guests and now it's we're this we're just tag team in this podcast now so we'll, we'll say our my co-host Justin, how you doing, my friend?
0: Appreciate the credit. Pre- pre- appreciate the, uh, the. the <laughs> you know, it's about time. You know,
1: you're like a guest, guest, guest. You know, it's just how the podcast is now. You know, I love doing this podcast every single week with you, my friend. How's it going?
0: You as well, buddy. You as well. It's going well. Um, right now, I'm in purgatory uh, for underdog best ball drafts. Um, underdog, if you're seeing this, please, 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 let me in.
1: I, I didn't even know that was a thing. So that shows you what kind of degenerate we're dealing with over here. We're underdogs. So I had to is put him on a cap. <laughs> so yeah.
0: uh, it's been two days and uh, no drafts have been done. And uh, it's a little sad. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, when you've got the itch, you've got the itch. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get ahead of these market swings here. You know, Alexander Madison's Dalvin cooks, you know, the Zeke Elliott's, the Kareem hunts <laughs> trying to get ahead of the market, trying to get the value while well, it's still there. I don't know well, underdog if one of these uh, winners are drafted or, uh, You know, come to be drafted from five fourteen or five fifteen, I may have to take legal action.
1: Well, I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, you might want to go ahead and keep um, withdrawing twenty five dollars out of your account a few times a day. Otherwise, your wife might might get started getting like, "What? Where's all this extra money coming from?" You know. So so, so don't don't leave that open for interpret. Don't don't get the idea in her head. Go ahead and keep. I did buy
0: a new pair of uh, hockey gloves today and some mesh shorts from the merch store. (laughs) promo code shorts
1: (laughs) with that we're actually not talking about underdogs today we're going to be diving in because it is what peak season it is right now it is dynasty fantasy football season rookie drafts in full swing you might have just completed yours or maybe you have still a few around the corner i completed the majority of mine but i have still about five or six more coming up this week and startup season now that the nfl draft is over this is my favorite time to take advantage of early season startup values where people are still trying to get their feet wet in the content and trying to figure out everyone's situation this year some outstanding value so with that I just want to dive yes into my favorite startup strategies and I'll lead that into rookie because most of them translate into rookie draft as well and I just want to hear your thoughts too Justin because my first thing I always tell people is to draft the best player available while some leagues do fold over time I always think you should approach it pretty much through a three year window is what I always think dynasty fantasy football mm-hmm. never sleeps there's always an opportunity to take a trade later on I think so whereas where a lot of fantasy managers are focused on filling their roster during their startup draft I always think that you know the player pool isn't deep enough to keep to keep making picks based on positional needs instead draft the best player available and focus on accumulating the most assets. What what when when you're going through a startup, what do you think about that? Are you are you filling yeah. positional needs through the draft? Or are you focused on taking the more of the best player available?
0: No, I like going BPA. I do, but I think your BPA needs to be based off of your own rankings, like you know, the go out and get your guys approach. I don't want to just play the board the way that it is. You're going to see different draft stocks available on all the platforms that offer fantasy football, right? Yahoo, Sleeper, fan tracks. Everybody's going to have a different level of ADP and everyone you're drafting against is going to have, you know, the same look, be going to be looking at the same board. It's not, you know, the classical home draft. Everybody gathers around with their own coolers and they put up a board and you you all bring your laptops. No, you're all sitting there in this you know virtual draft room and you're playing off the same board. So BPA is a great way to go. Uh, I I like doing this just because I don't want to go in the draft with any predetermined like set, you know, parameters in my draft. I don't want to go in and say, yeah, I'm absolutely going running back, running back. I'm a- absolutely going, you know, wide receiver heavy and going zero RB. I don't want to be fully committed. I want to, you know, see the draft, feel the draft, be the draft, be adaptable and be going BPA is going to help you with that, especially again, when you're using your own rankings.
1: The B water approach. I like it. I yes, uh, Toronto, Dave. Hello to you, my friend as well. Thank you for joining us today. Um, yes. And I just think, you know, what I always tell people is, point season is only a short amount of the year, and what I mean by that is we're only scoring points for our fantasy teams 20 weeks out of the year. The other three weeks mm-hmm. out of the year, you know, it's our fantasy team is what the fa- the fantasy market dictates what it is. So what what I mean by you know I treat my fantasy team kind of like an investment portfolio. I go into every draft, you know, trying to accumulate capital, most accumulating the most assets, and that's how you sure. build a successful team over time. You can always make, especially for a running back or, you know, a tight end or something like that, you can always make a trade, you know, you can always find somebody, you know, off waivers, even, you know, somebody who's a surprise player to fill those positions if you have a great base. So that's what I like to do. Start off, always take the best player. And, you know, I've had rosters where, uh, you know, I've accu- I've taken eight quarterbacks in a super flex league to start off my draft. You know, right. just hoarding the quarterback position because people are undervaluing it. And, you know, I that strategy isn't for the faint of heart because right. I've had moments, you know. I had to wait a whole year to sell off those quarterbacks and to start competing, but it will happen over time. You know, one other—I'll translate that into rookie drafts—is you saw this tweet this week. I got Bijan Robinson at the one three. That's not fair. At the one three in a SuperFlex rookie draft, can, can you believe that? Did you did you see Bijan Robinson go anywhere except for the one one? No,
0: every draft oh? I've done so far is one one.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had across thirty leagues. I think I saw it twice. I think I saw it twice. The, one of them was the one-two. Anthony uh-huh. Richardson went first. And the, I did get him. I, you know, this, I was shocked. one, one three. I couldn't believe it. Bijan Robinson, TMC. We'll talk about Kenny McIntosh in two seconds. But I, I just couldn't believe it. So I guess where I'm going with that is that I just can't believe a manager would make that decision. Because Bijan Robinson, although even if you need that quarterback, Bijan Robinson right. has so much more trade value when you draft him to, that early. You can sell Bijan Robinson for – nearly two Bryce Young. You can get a better quarterback than Bryce Young for Bijan Robinson. You can get Bryce Young and a lot of assets on top of him for Bijan Robinson. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm going with that. And yeah, we'll go to a quick comment, a uh, comment in the questions really quick or question in the comments, I should say um, thoughts on McIntosh at five, one and a super flex rookie dash. He's an intriguing prospect, you know, it, it, he, an intriguing late round flyer. You know, this is what I like doing though mm-hmm. um, is accumulating those, Guys, the second and third string running back potentials because injuries could just make him fantasy relevant right away. What do you think about that?
0: No, I think it's a great value. Five one or later is great. I, I honestly don't hate the second half of the fourth. You're getting a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of hype, you know, from from Pete Carroll out of that backfield saying that every guy could, you know, potentially at some point have a role. Uh, talking up Zach Charbonnet and Kenny Walker specifically, but you know, really all that you heard there is they're going to use the running back a lot. They're going to use the position a lot. I think there's a lot to like with McIntosh and the positive coach talk. Uh, also, wouldn't hate you know Dwayne McBride at, at that spot either. He's going to be someone I see climbing up here once you see Dalvin Cook leave uh, the Minnesota Vikings here at the end of the month.
1: Yeah, Dwayne McBride's an interesting guy. You know, he usually, yeah, he's somewhere in that fourth round rookie pick range. He was mm-hmm. somebody I thought could sneak up rookie draft boards, but that didn't get the draft capital necessary.
0: Yeah. And and I'm not coming from a, like a strong place of conviction. I just mean he will go up in ADP, get ahead of that shift, get ahead of the market, you know, if, at this point in time. Because like I said, at the end of the month, if you're still doing these startups or these rookie drafts, his stock's going to be climbing.
1: Before we dive into... My next tip, I just want to give one more quick shout out to our friends over at Edgeboost. Edge SGPN is excited to announce an exclusive early access partnership with Edgeboost, the world's first BetNow pay later, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now Pay Later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, Edgeboost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installed payments. That's right, hmm. 0% interest. Simply deposit fund in your account and edge boost will match the deposit. So you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances. So you build a re- repayment history. My edge boost double down play of the day is, you know what, and I have some f- good NBA picks, you know, but I'm not going to, cause I, I want to take a look at the stuff for tomorrow. I was going to talk about the NBA, but I'm going to take a, I'm going to let the other guys at the NBA podcast tomorrow tell you about those. And just so you know, we do have a special offer as well. The first 500 SGPN users will start at a $1,000 advance limit, and the next $2,500 users will start at $500. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ads to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ads. Must be 21 years or older to use. Only valid and legal gambling states. Problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. And with that, we are going to dive into my next tip here. And that is, you know, I always hear people say you can, you know, you're either drafting to win now or you're drafting to win later. And I think you can do a little bit of both of that. And by do, you know, and when I say that is you target wide receivers in their second or fifth year in the league in the start of draft. And, that, you know, and that's how I usually, you know, some it sometimes translates into that. one. What do they call it? That one year kind of transition period where you're waiting a year. And then you go and you're competing for a championship, but by establishing a strong base of wide receivers and quarterbacks in super flex leagues, and that's in the particular quarterbacks in super flex league, you know, starting off your draft with two elite quarterbacks, I always think is a very strong way. You can always get those running backs in the subsequent years to fill out your roster. Um, So yes, when I do a startup draft, I want to get players who are going to be starters on my team for two, three years down the line. So by that third year, you've been accumulating more players over that couple of years in rookie drafts, whatnot, through trades, waiver wire, and you have a great base to choose to pick from here. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, they have more longevity and are a little bit more stable than the running backs. You know, when you're a star, you know, are there positional kind of. How do you feel about that? How do you approach the wide receiver running, that running back position in a startup draft?
0: Well, kind of, you know, bringing it back to a winning now as well as winning later, I, I do believe that zero RB is probably the best approach for that. Receivers and QBs are going to be lasting, obviously, the longest, you know, have the longest potential careers in today's modern NFL. And, you know, when you're looking at that strategy, the type of later round running backs that I'm usually getting are either fitting the mold of a second or third year guy, um, you know, one that I really like this year is like Antonio Gibson. He's, he's going very late and he's being very discounted after his third year production when Brian Robinson came in. You know, I'm expecting a bit of a shift there. So he, I, I really like him in the back there. He's got experience, still has some miles left on his legs. But another one that I like is like a Tyler Algier coming in as a second year player you know, not hyped up as much playing behind Bijan Robinson. And I'm getting a little bit more exposure, at least to his, you know, potential activity for the next two or three years in those moments where, you know, he booms or goes off any of these type of assets, you can try and sell them and flip them for, you know, additional capital, whatever it may be. So um, I'm definitely always about, you know, trying to flip uh, flip running backs, keeping, you know, the youth on the team, you know, maintainable, right? I mean, I don't have a problem drafting older quarterbacks, because I know that they're going to stick around. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like a lot of these ageists and dynasty, they get so fixated with the number, you know, how old you are. Like, they're just going to stay off of you. And so you'll see, you know, later QBs go later. And again, that just kind of breeds into that zero RB approach. I can get really high-end, skilled, you know, young receivers early, age quarterbacks, and, you know, maybe just not as prized as as highly touted running backs in the later rounds.
1: Yeah, and it's like like I was saying earlier, you know, point season is only 20 weeks out of the year, trading away those running backs for some more stable assets, you know, like when we know Dalvin Cook, his value could crater before the season if he, you know, he gets cut, doesn't get in the right situation or something mm-hmm. like that. So running backs are very risky at this point in the draft, man. I need, mean, I, I'll tell you, man, I'm having a tough day today. That Mother's Day was yesterday, got my butt kicked a little bit at the restaurant, and now, man, mm-hmm. I need to start doing a little red yet red leather, yellow leather. I can't talk today. <laughs> Uh, next tip here is to uh, do, do draft. You know, if you followed what the tips we've done so far and, you know, you started off with a strong base of wide receivers and quarterbacks, you know, this fits in perfectly draft late round running backs. And I say this yeah. because the wide receiver market although you know dynasty managers love their wide receivers but the dynasty the market is very saturated productive players like jacoby myers or you know are barely selected as wide receiver fours you know we look at Mm -hmm. zay flowers and quinton johnston this year you know entering you know the league first round nfl picks those guys are you know borderline wide receiver threes you know what i mean not not even top 36 wide receivers likely in a lot of people's rankings so Mm -hmm. you know they such a saturated. Such a it's so hard to make a difference as a fantasy wide receiver. There's so many good ones, you know. So dynasty managers can find 10 to 12 PPR points from a wide receiver anywhere. So I like to target second and third string running backs. Like I was telling you, injuries, depth chart shakeups, you yeah. know, these are can be a massive surprise every single year, and you know they can be thrust into a lead role. So a running back with no value at all can all of a sudden be a top 24 running back is simply just a higher snap share. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I love, you know, after I get my wide receiver set up in a draft, I love just give me, give me, you know, every, every second string running back in the league, I'm going down the list. I'm going to start taking them. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I, I always feel like, you know, it's hard for these guys, you know, that Cedric Tillman's even in the rookie draft. So you know, where, where what's the, what difference is this guy going to make? So we're, we're, where sure. do you feel about the, you know, are you taking a lot of handcuff running backs in the draft? Are you going to continually mm-hmm. stack and maybe the more productive, you know, the Jalen Hyatt, the Cedric Tillman's who could be safer players?
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, I want to fill out my needs the best I can. Um, and I'm, my most recent one, uh, my most recent rookie draft, I had two picks in the top six and I needed a quarterback. I said, no, I'm good. I'll just I'll ride with what I have. And what I have isn't that great. It's like Lamar Jackson and Desmond Ritter. And I can't even remember my third quarterback, but I went with Gibbs and JSN. And that's what I was actually going to ask you is like where you would kind of go back and forth there between Gibbs and maybe not JSN. Cause I know that you would take him for sure ahead of them, but maybe like Gibbs and Quinton Johnson. Cause that kind of like combats the conversation a little bit. Cause I would still take Gibbs. It kind of goes against like what we're like pushing here, but I still think like that specific context, I would, I would go with him. But like when I'm looking at later round, uh Later round running backs in, in rookie drafts, I was loving guys like uh, Chase Brown, Israel Ab- Abinaconda. Um I'm trying to think of another one that I took. I had this last draft. I had like eight picks. It was it was ridiculous. I walked away with a lot of players. Um, now I guess I guess it was pretty equal. Those I had those two, and then Gibbs, and then I also had drafted Cedric Tillman, who you had mentioned. I took him with the last pick of the third round, and Jalen Hyatt and JSN. So kind of kind of more balanced, I guess. But I just think that those type of players, like a uh, Chase Brown and Israel Abinaconda, um McBride, who would, we had just mentioned, McIntosh, like those guys, yeah, they won't have that peak, you know, peak outlook for the year. But weeks thirteen plus, you know, these wheels start to fall off of these running backs, and they're going to be a really good value for you. So if I'm more balanced, like if I'm coming in a draft and I just have like four picks. I, even if I need a running back if even if I have to go heavy, I will still draft the highest ceiling receiver if possible. like if it was if I had that one pick in that first round between Gibbs and JSN, I would still go JSN even if I was running back hungry, kind of bringing it back to the point that you had mentioned of just capital, what I can get back in return if that player does boom and I feel like I would get more back from a booming JSN than I would from a booming Gibbs because everyone's going to say in the back of their heads, oh, it's a running back his window is going to close faster than JSN's.
1: It's interesting. I actually have I, – I always take Gibbs over JSN in every rookie draft I've been. I've been trading mm-hmm. up from the 1.6 actually a lot of the time where JSN is to get uh, Gibbs at the one five because while you're right, I think there's more of an immediate return on Gibbs. I think mm-hmm. JSN's a little bit more of a slow burn. I, I, I like the long-term upside, but I don't know if he's going to sh- – I don't think we're going to see him shoot up the rankings this year. I, I don't think we're going to see him maybe even shoot up the rankings in 2024. I think this is kind of a little bit of a slow burn, long-term contributor. Maybe not – doesn't have that game-breaking upside, though, in a Seattle offense with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett for a little while, and mm-hmm. two very good running backs. So I, I'd like – you know, I've been taking Gibbs because, you know, I think especially, you know, with the excitement of the 12th overall eight, uh, pick being in the draft, mm-hmm. and then if he if he just gets – you know – All of a sudden if he just has a great game especially right off the bat we're talking about a guy who's probably a top five dynasty running back already just given the landscape the way it is so many aging running backs you know a running back in their first year so i actually love actually that you know this is another tip i didn't have on the sheet and i'm interested to hear you say it actually okay before i dive into that i just got to pay our last round of bills really quick our friends over at shady rays deserve their shout out really quick and i because i love their sunglasses Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear as well. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com shady for your chance to win $500 Shady May contest. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And if you are still listening, if you wouldn't mind uh, giving a you know a like, a subscribe, a rating to our YouTube page, a subscribe, it would mean so much. And are we still doing our our jersey giveaway, my friend?
0: Yeah, I was just about to hit on that. Uh, as long as you go to our Spotify and Apple Podcast, leave a five star review. Go ahead and send that review to us. Take a little screenshot. DM us at sgpn on Twitter. And you will be entered. We're giving away Lamar Jackson jersey at the end of the month.
1: That jersey is still going to be relevant because Lamar Jackson is staying with the Ravens. So I guess it it, would have been cooler actually, maybe if it wasn't. You know, you get a sign old school retro Baltimore Lamar Jackson jersey. But anyway, so what I was gonna say is I love taking, considering how risky running backs are anyway, I love taking the rookie running back. I love taking this home run swing on a rookie running back because, you know, if they hit man, man they're going to shoot up in value being so young and you're buying mm-hmm. at a low point considering, you know, their age and potentially their talent. So, you know, you see running backs in their first year, you know, if, if they hit it right off the bat, it, it shoot up and dice. Value. So I love taking the swing, even though they're a little risky, I think running backs are risky in general. So you take the swing on the rookie running back, but you say you prefer JSN. So, I understand that. Uh, well, I took
0: so- I took Gibbs and JSN in that one. So okay. I took Gibbs at 1-4, and I took JSN at 6.
1: I oh, so opted which-
0: out of taking quarterback.
1: So the Stroud. So you opted out of taking Stroud, I'm guessing?
0: Yes. He was the only one that was going to be left to me. So I was just sure. like, instead of just being only cornered with one of these guys, I'm just going to take two players with a lot more upside because I have a fair amount of depth still you know, throughout the rest of my roster. I was like, I can move somebody for a quarterback if I need it at some point. I'm not going to over overpay right now for this, and then I also it, just never drafted a quarterback the rest of the draft.
1: I, I just rarely ended up with. I, I barely I've crossed 25 leagues. I barely have any Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. It just didn't work out that way. I didn't have the yeah. one three and one four. And where I thought I was going to have one of them available, yeah. I ended up with Bijan Robinson at the one three. So yeah, that's crazy. Yo, that's that's
0: <laughs> nuts. I uh, I do have one share of Bryce and one share of CJ so far. So I'm hoping to grab a one bit of exposure to Anthony Richardson. If I can, I've got a uh, I've, one, one four left. That's all I've got. So I'm hoping he can fall to me.
1: I've gotten some good bit of Anthony Richardson. So I'm depending on him in a few leagues. Hopefully he can deliver nice. some, nice. as long as he's on the field, some consistent, arb- at least quarterback two production mm-hmm. with his legs, which I don't think should be a problem with his rushing upside, but we will see next up here. I have, you know, I wanted to hear, you know, What? How do you approach? I'll start off with you. You know, what are your feelings about? How do you approach the tight end position in a dynasty startup
0: draft? Later, great. It's you know that's it. You know, I I like the the top three guys if I can get them at a at a value. If I feel like the rest of the draft isn't valuing them, you know some some startup drafts I see Travis Kelsey go really early. Sometimes I see him go late. And really, whenever someone wants to kick that door in and start the tight end party. You know that's when you got to get ready, ready to dance. Um, So I like the top five a lot. Really, you know, the top three. If I can get one of them, you know, Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, I will settle for you know a Kyle Pitts or a Dallas Goddard. But if I'm not doing anything like that, if I'm you know if I don't get one of those top five guys, that kind of like uh, tier break, I'm just like, eh, I'm not even gonna look at the the position for a while. Probably I'll, I'll probably wait till well into the double digit rounds. Of course, pending you know if it's premium you know, point and a half, double tight end league, whatever, you know, obviously there are ways for leagues to value them more and those opportunities I'll, you know, certainly, you know, start dancing a little earlier, we'll say.
1: Yeah, I, I just can't. I always... Tight end is the most frustrating position by far in fantasy football. Other than Travis Kelsey in recent years, you touched on, you know, the top three to five guys, even those guys though, you know, looking back just a couple of years ago, that was Darren Mm. Waller, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews. They've all had mixed results. They've all had very, very high ADP. Some of them even higher than Travis Kelsey's at certain points over the last few years. And they've all, yep. They've all had mixed results due to injuries or target volume concerns. So, you know, while these players have had wonderful moments, they didn't pay off mm-hmm. at those ADPs. Kelsey is aging very well. But other than that, I think you, I, you know, there is very rare situation where I'm taking a tight end early, on, early on. So in a, in a I can tell you an there.
0: example where I actually did take Kelsey in a startup recently. A uh, very good format. I think for it is a 10 team league because it, it's, there's so much talent left, you know, and it's even, it gap, was even a super flex. Okay. So like Impressive. in a 10 team dynasty, like I don't really hate going elite tight end early you're gonna be able to make up the rest of your your group. There, you, there's just an extra two picks available. I mean, it's just the math.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just yeah. I, I actually really like that advice in a ten team league. You know, in Travis Kelsey, I mean, if people are just gonna discount him just because the age, I mean, if we're gonna take running backs who mm-hmm. have one to two year production windows most of the time, anyway. Might as well take Travis Kelsey, who's going to be tied with Patrick Mahomes. He could, you know, it's hard. Even when Travis Kelsey regresses, what's that going to be to? Is he going to regress to a 1,000-yard tight end? You know what I mean? So I think Travis Kelsey has a lot of juice left. Uh, So, But other than that, yeah, I'm waiting because you you just look at it. I mean, teams always talk about wanting to involve their tight end. They talk Mm -hmm. about wanting to put their tight end in the slot. And when it comes down to it, None of these move tight ends are are better than the you know the third or fourth wide receiver on these teams. You know what I mean? Wide receiver is very mm. saturated. Like we were saying, there's so many good wide receivers. So even the best receiving tight ends, for the most part, are not as good as a team's third or fourth option of wide receiver. So they're simply not going to play in the slot a lot of the time either. Right. So this it's it's just really hard. You know, inconsistent. There's a lot they have to do. That you know they have to be blocking to be out on the field. Then are are you know they're the third or fourth best receiving option most of the time even behind the receivers that we don't like so Mm -hmm. I just think it's always smart to take to stack up on later guys and just start the guy who's been getting the most touchdowns lately you know you can get you can get a lot of guys late you know I I like stacking tight ends you get Gerald Everett late Tyler Higby and Jawan Johnson and you know you can just start whoever's hot between those three you can play the Mm -hmm. matchup a little bit and you know but you know you can find your right times because you know Isola, you know, what do you think about this trade? I I did sent a mid second and a late second round pick in this year's draft, two five and two nine, I believe, for George Kittle.
0: Feels a little expensive, but I mean, feels expensive. Do,
1: oh, do okay.
0: you have? I mean, do you have it? What do you have? Any more exposure to round two or three?
1: Um, you know, and, and that draft, I can't remember. You know, the leagues Absolutely. all run together. Particularly. To me, it, to me,
0: it really depends on like what you have left in that draft. Um and what you like? What other tight end that you're gonna? You're you? Do you have any other tight ends that are? Up yeah, top? see, I think
1: I, I think no. I needed a tight end. That's why the person okay. sent me that trade. But I thought that well, was easy. I,
0: I I traded a second round pick in a twenty team league. So that's you know like mid what is it twenty? So like in the mid thirties for Kittle straight up. And oh, that's, okay. that's, that's, uh, that's,
1: that's I mean, that's a, that's an easy, just like, I wouldn't even think about it. That's an easy trade for me.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, in a 20 team league, like my tight end was terrible. So it was a huge upgrade already. <laughs> and this, that second pick is, like I said, it's probably like somewhere between pick 32 and 35, somewhere I in that range. Best. So yeah
1: that's just, that's too big of a discount. I think, I think, you know, George Kittle, I think, I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. You know, I think George Kittle can still be a difference maker, especially, you know, at the tight end position. And what are we thinking, looking at the two, five, two, nine, best case scenario, yeah. like a Roshan Johnson at the two, five.
0: He booms, and, you know, you know what I mean? And like I said, I just went out and like, I acquired him. So it's, it's, it's not like I don't hate him or, or don't dislike him or anything like that. It's just that, you know, his upside just doesn't feel as strong right now today in May, not knowing the quarterback situation yeah they should have a good offense no matter what you know some everybody's going to be getting the check downs but you know you would just really like a competent quarterback there to give them you know that elite type of upside
1: i'm just really down on this class i guess you know what i mean like i said you get me excited about roshan johnson at the two five you know mm-hmm. usually two nine maybe sam laporta or something like that but it's just this class was very disappointing so you know I, i'm selling right. where i can and you know, I another trade I really like today. You know, before we get into some more advice, I sent the one nine and one ten mm-hmm. for the one five to go okay. up and take Jameer Gibbs.
0: Yeah, I like that. Well, this is—I mean, you and I have talked about this before, being kind of like a six and out draft for Dynasty, especially. Yeah. Oh my god, if you take out the quarterbacks, if it's single QB, yeah, yeah Two, then you're down. Three, then you're down three. to like four, five. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, three. Not really. a lot. So yeah, getting up into that space where you're just secure in the feeling that you're going to have a starter, you know, like week one, like you can put, put that guy in your week one lineup and go to sleep easy at night. Like I have no problem with that at all.
1: You know, look, I, I looked at it. Like I was sending the two of the three combination of Will Levis, Zay flowers, Dalton Kincaid, two of those, mm. two of those three guys for mm. Jameer Gibbs. Give me yeah. that every single time. easy. Yeah, I, I, was,
0: I was thinking more of like a Jalen Hyatt Roshan type of,
1: you you are cra- You are insane with that Jalen Hyatt. You need to stop mentioning him in the first round. No, you are you were way second too high. Round. You, need to you be said it's a two
0: five and a two. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. It was one nine one, one ten. One, yeah, one, one, never mind. One, My bad. I, I was thinking the two five two nine. My you, bad. You
1: took you went a rookie draft last week. I think it was one quarterback, but you still you still took him It's very very early. Jalen Hyatt.
0: It's one QB. Go get your guys.
1: <laughs> I like it. I respect Go it. Go get your guys. Um, uh, you know. Okay. Well just that that you must you, you've been reading the show sheet because that leads in perfectly into my next strategy is throw adp out the window that i don't think there's anything that puts less experienced fantasy players at a bigger disadvantage than the preloaded adp on sleeper and mfl for these drafts you know obviously these lists provide some insight but they often aren't up to date and shouldn't be really fought follow- they should really, like you were you were saying it earlier they shouldn't be followed really because these preloaded adps if they you know it varies a lot depending on the website and you know especially Mm -hmm. right if you do it right after the nfl draft a lot of it's pre-draft analysis that's factoring into that so fantasy managers always like you were saying earlier should create their own rankings or have one handy from a trusted website or analysts like sgpn or us for example (laughs) veteran drafters use that you know i feel like you know i use these pre-loaded adps that is a big advantage of work when i play to you know get you edge up on everybody because yeah, like I guys you know i haven't done a dynasty rookie draft, uh, or a dynasty startup draft actually in, in a year and a half because mm-hmm. a real one because i i've started did way too many COVID leaks but you know <laughs> if you get in on there you know and you know i'll use the rookie draft for an example because i'm super plugged in with with those right now mm-hmm. roshan johnson on sleeper he i think he's like the 20th 23rd second ranked player he's my 16th ranked player you know because of that landing spot uh uh Nathaniel Tank Dell, he's floating mm. around, you know, I, I don't know if late. that's what, late, late, late. And late. he got third round NFL draft capital, already CJ Stroud's talking about. Now he's a long shot, of course, but he is nowhere near like where he's in like the 40s, you know. So, you know, there's some there are some values to be had, you know, if you're looking down the draft board, you know, you you mm. want to get ahead of it. So take him early, you know, you don't want to wait till their ADP comes up. But, you know, every single pick, you know, there's somebody... You, you know, usually when you're this far off from the season, there's always a pick. Every single one, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe that guy's still there. Oh, Mouse can't in the house. that guy's still there. <laughs> so, like you were saying, so, you, you you know, do you use that strategy, you know, a lot? Yeah, absolutely. I,
0: I just got, we were talking about Jalen Hyatt. I, I pulled him up over the board. And I, honestly, I see him as a climber right now as we're getting farther away from the NFL draft. You're going to constantly see market shifts. He's a name that I've seen climb. What I like to really do is I like to go into the draft room. Like, you know, if you're doing a mock, you know, mock drafting suggest, suggest should definitely be on the list here. Get my tongue tied as well here. Contagious for Emerson. <laughs> um, I go into the draft. I go into each position and I scroll down and I see what are my, you know, position end stops, like my, my tier uh, breaks essentially. Like if I want to leave this draft with two, let's say it's a rookie draft and I want to leave with three receivers, right? I go to the lowest receiver that I would find acceptable to take and I stop right there. I'm I am watching this break line in ADP at that position and I don't want to cross that without X amount of receivers. And hopefully I get my guys, right? Like if I'm needy at the position, I may have to take some swings with guys I may not have liked as much but may have, you know, some good narratives, but at the end of the day I want to go after my guys, hopefully at ADP or later if I can. Again, you want to play the board With some parity, you don't want to just like completely like pull someone from the fifth round to the first round in a rookie draft. That's not necessary, especially if you have other picks. Um, That 20 team league I was telling you about, I took Roshan at like pick 11 because I only had one pick out of 40. He was the guy I wanted to leave with and I needed a running back. I didn't want to break into another position just because I thought, you know, maybe someone had a little bit of a better outlook, right? I just wanted to leave with my guy someone that I wanted to target, who I believe has a very safe career floor. So create that type of tier break, and then don't pass it. Just follow your own rules, right? Just, you know, create your own parameters to, you know, not pass a certain value threshold.
1: That's good advice. And, you know, I'm, I'm the same, you know, and another great example, I think, you know, to transferring it to underdog is, you know, Deontay Johnson, Still sitting way down there. Oh, God. It's crazy. Wide receiver, like 38. I think once people start doing analysis on the season, they realize, oh, man, Deontay Johnson was sixth in targets last year and had zero touchdowns. How's that going to happen again?
0: I don't know. I, I, I don't know going. how Anthony Richardson and Deshaun Watson are ahead of Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins.
1: I, I don't know. Anthony Richardson's intriguing because... It's QB 10. I, I know, know. It's so 10. high. 10. It's so high. But... Uh, you know, I don't think that'll be the case in, in standard leagues. I think you have a lot of savvy, like a lot of, a lot of fantasy analysts who think, Mm -hmm. you know, who are outsmarting, maybe, uh, maybe it'll end up they're outsmarting. That's, that's why I bring
0: it up though. It's just another one of these things that you're just like, what the heck? And then you just got to tell yourself it's May 15th.
1: Um, you know, Anthony Richardson is so intriguing because, you know, he, if he, if he just floats out there, you could see him be extremely productive, you know, just if he's out on that field, you know what I mean? He he could just just get him after ADP. That's all I
0: can say. Just. After pick eighty four on underdog, that's if, all I can say.
1: If you draft Michael Pittman, take your shot on Anthony Richardson. That's what you should be doing in underdog drafts.
0: I I still recommend waiting till ADP or later, even if you draft Pitt. <laughs>
1: this is another one where I'll kick it off to you first. So, how do you feel about trading future draft picks in dynasty football leagues? Uh, like in the draft? You know we can. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get into that, but you know, in general, but yeah, you could talk about your, how you okay. would approach it in a startup draft too.
0: Yeah. I mean, in a startup draft, no, I like it to does. hold my, I like to hold my picks. It's a draft, right? Like it's a startup draft. You should be able to find opportunities of value without giving up your position. And maybe it's also just like my experience, but in a lot of leagues that I'm in, dude, like I cannot stand the amount of crazy like swaps in a startup draft. Like Guys, have you never drafted before? Like, it's a draft. Like, it's like we didn't just start playing Monopoly with, like, hundreds and thousands of dollars here. Like, they want to, like, take the game and just, like, elevate it so quickly. And I'm let i all for it because while the winds are blowing, my tower of picks is standing straight still up and down. You know what I mean? You know how you see, like, all the names swapping around the board on Sleeper? Then you just see Bruni's team, and it's just this tower of straight picks going up and down. I, I, I trust myself just too too much to think that i have to like give up you know like a fourth and a fifth to get an extra second round pick like i just don't need to do that and and that's that's just my experience now i will say like you had said like you were you thought this was a a dead draft right like you were like like we both said it's six and done you're not pleased with the amount of talent that you're getting or the deeper value so you're selling picks right i would wait to do that until the draft because people are just going to be hungry for more picks. They're just going to be so desperate. Right. So that's, that's my kind of take on that is if you're going to sell, you know, your, your picks, wait as close to the draft or get into the draft as possible and just drive up that hunger cost for everybody else around you.
1: Yeah, that I agree. I have mixed feelings about it as well. You know, it can, it can be, people always want to win right away. There's a lot of people that want to win right away. You know, that's I guess that's not always the case in dynasty leagues. You have always those guys who want to accumulate rookie picks who put themselves out one or two years from competing as well. But what I'm always nervous about with trading away your future picks is a couple of injuries and a few players not meeting expectations can have a championship contender finish at the bottom of the rankings. All of a sudden, you know, I can think of one roster I had last year with Swift and Javante Williams and Brees Hall. And Debo Samuel and, and Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford, a quarterback that turned out into a disaster. I thought that team, I had traded the two, like, you know, I had Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver, you know, that was obviously a great pick, but, you know, and I had traded out like two years worth of draft picks to get that team together and it was terrible. So, damn, you know, I, so, you know, the, I, somebody is enjoying my early draft pick this year. So, you know, I don't, and if you are going to do it, don't ever sell your future draft picks assuming it's going to be late. You know, you should always get, at least mid first round value for it. Assuming that, you know, don't ever let another fantasy manager tell you that, Oh, well, your pick's going to be late. I'm going to give you this, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if that's going to be the case, wait for better value. So I always tell people that, you know, if you're going to sell your first, you know, you can sell your first, but make sure you're getting that good value for it. And, you know, consider, you know, look at the draft class, you know, year and, you know, think if I have the sixth pick in a super flex draft next year, what what value do I want for that? That could be a very good mm-hmm. running back. So, don't set yourself too far behind with that, and you know this. This kind of start. I was going to ask you what kind of your next feelings on this one too. You kind of touched on it a little bit. So moving up and down in a startup draft, you are set. You you do not trade in a startup draft. There's you know you, there's very few exceptions on this.
0: Like I I have before. I just I just don't like to because again like when everybody is moving and shifting around, what typically happens, and, and again this is my personal experience when we get to the double digit rounds. Everyone is coming to me for picks. Everyone is hungry to make up for the value that they lost. And again, more than likely, unless you're giving up also future picks from another draft, you're probably either leaving with less players and you're going to rely on picking up waiver wire players, or you're just thinking that like, oh, I've got an extra second and third round pick. Your team is going to be so front loaded you're going to be, you know, coming to me again, probably in midseason to find backup for your bench or for an injured player. So I just don't get too caught up into chasing, like overly chasing upside in, in like those first extra rounds. And that's really the only time I would do it is if I could get exposure to like, you know, a, a player that I would take in the top three rounds, whether it be like an extra quarterback or an extra receiver, whatever, it would be of high value. It would not be like, you know, take my 11th and 12th for an extra 10th. Like that makes no sense to me. And again, I'm more experienced. I've been playing the game a long time. I trust myself more. Like if you feel like you don't know how to draft sixth and seventh round players, then maybe trade those picks for another fourth rounder. I, you know, I I don't know. Um, But that's typically what you're doing, right? Like you're, you're swapping the value. And if you're not getting an exact swap, like that type of two for one, or, you know, I take your, Uh, second and fourth and you take my second and third, like that's still, you know, a pretty even swap, right? So unless you're getting ahead of that, you'd have to give up more, like another future pick or you wouldn't have a player yet, but maybe a rookie draft position or something like that, whatever else, you know, you have available to you in a a startup. So I just don't like to overcommit right out of the gate. I just like to trust my process, go through it as the winds are blowing, keep the tower steady.
1: You know, and I think... You know, it always changes a bit right every year. And I need to I need to get into a dynasty superflex draft to see where it starts. But usually that eighth, ninth, tenth round range, a lot of the time you're right, those people are hungry for picks. They traded up in the draft. You know, they don't they they're missing starters, they didn't have a they didn't have a ton of oh picks no. early. And hey, they are giving away their future draft capital at a huge discount. You know, you can give away like I saw somebody talk about a trade, an analyst talk about a trade on a network I work for. They they gave away their 2024 first round pick for Roshan Johnson and John Mechie. Uh, you know, so that's I mean, uh, I I don't think it was a, this was this was in a rookie draft, I imagine. But well, you, know, you can imagine it. If, you can John imagine if, it. Well, yeah, uh, oh yeah, um, they so it must it have been be a... they must have been the rookie pick, and then they got John Mechie right. in the rookie. I imagine, but that's still, that. that's, that's bad.
0: That's I know, right? bad. but imagine
1: you can imagine <laughs> it in the startup. Somebody getting the 11th and 13th, you know trading their 2024 first for an 11th and 13th round pick that, like, you know, that's kind of the same that's, thing that just happened.
0: No, that's nuts, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that is don't nuts. Do
1: that. People, yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. Like you can be an actually competing roster and still acquiring first round picks when people do stuff like that. Like when someone when Isaiah, Pacheco or, you know, like, or somebody like that breaks out, you know, just somebody random this season and somebody wants to send their first round pick for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do that. You know what I mean? So there's always players like that. You're, you know, Low draft capital players that I love to cash out on. So you can always get future draft picks. I, I there's there's always a point where I and, love acquiring future draft picks too. And
0: and I also want to say this too because I I'm sure that there are plenty of content people out there that can give you like the best recipe for one of those trades. You know to the, the 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 best way to gain value by moving up. I'm I'm sure that there is somebody out there that can lay out a blueprint where you can gain more value to that. But I compare it to you know, opening, opening up a chess game with more aggression than you should, right? Like you're trying to beat somebody in three moves when just play the long game, go to the end game, you know, take it down to a couple of pieces and just, you know, beat the board. You know, you you don't have to just win the draft or win your league within the first three to four picks. And I think that a lot of people just get overwhelmed with like kind of just draft hype excitement. Obviously it's a lot of fun. A key tip that I would add in is just take notes throughout your entire draft, right? Just like take notes on other owners, be attentive. You know, obviously it's fun to kick back, smoke a stogie and, you know, uh, pop open a couple of beers and, you know, dive into the draft. But I'm telling you, you know, you're going to enjoy the fruits of your labor a lot more, you know, if you're paying attention, taking notes, looking where you can steal and add value.
1: You know, and one thing that's important I thought you touched on was, you know, having, you know, you talked about your experience, and, you know, be able to make that pick at every single pick. You know, this ties in a few things we were talking about. There's going to be a value at that pick. So, you know, if you're trading away or trading up like to a pick, you'd be shocked. You know, if you're moving up 10 spots it's from mm-hmm. the two five to the two or to the two five to the one seven, let's say, or something like that, from the mid-second to the mid-first or something along those range. You're or you know, especially maybe a little bit deeper in draft, you'd be shocked at who falls to you. You know what I mean? You'll be like, oh my God, that that guy was there. That guy was Every there and I gave time. up and I gave up that pick and then all that extra stuff and that guy was there. Oh, you know, why mm-hmm. did why did I do that? You know, that that happens a lot in draft. So, you know, you always be mindful of that. You know, the only time I really like to move up, is if I like, if there's just a guy, I can't believe he's there. And I'm just like, oh, I have to have him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, if, if I see like the quarterbacks drying up and Dak Prescott's there in the third round of a, of a startup draft. And I'm like, Oh man, I need, I need another great quarterback. Let me see if I can grab Dak Prescott there. Um, but, you know, moving down is actually something I always really like to do. I always, cause yes, like we, what we talked about, you always get value later on and more than you're expecting. So, you know, mm-hmm. I loved, you know, trading away my first round pick and getting a third and a fifth round pick and maybe like a seven. I had some absurd trade, you know, especially a few years ago, like I'd trade away my first round pick and get a third, a fifth and a seventh round startup pick. You're just like, you know, take that to the yeah, bank. See, I have like ten, that's, I have, that's I have a 10 starters. Value. I have 10 starters by the seventh round. You know, that's a strategy that I that I was able to you were able to employ a couple of years ago. That's what every manager wants to do now though. Mm. Especially if you're just hopping on a random sleeper draft board. Most people are pretty, that's what everyone's, you know, when you get into a dynasty startup draft, they're like, I want to move down. You know, that that's just kind of what happens now. You know what I mean? So everyone's kind of privy to that. But if you can move, especially in, if, if the quarterbacks are drying up and you're, you know, in a super flex draft and you're kind of in that late first round range and not an elite quarterbacks available, move down, trade down, see if somebody wants to take those uh, mm. running backs and wide receivers that have a little bit more fluctuating value. Um, yeah, you know those are those are some of my favorite startup strategies. At least, Justin, did we leave out something? What, what? are anything else that you you want to touch on?
0: No, I kind of wrapped it there with the the pay attention to the draft.
1: Yeah, the and draft,
0: you know, Feel the draft.
1: And I. I I like I said, I am just steadfast about what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be taking the best player on my board. That's available. Treat your mm-hmm. dynasty team like a stock. That you know, that is what or like many stock each player like a stock, I should say. And you're trying to accumulate as much assets and capital as you possibly can. You can always make a trade later. That is what I always tell people. Justin, anything exciting going on this week for, for with SGPN?
0: Hopefully Underdog lets me back on the platform and I have something to talk about. Otherwise, I'm I'm just a puppet up here.
1: <laughs> I mean, my goodness, I can't 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 underdog let a content creator back onto the five. My goodness, I like I said they you just need to get doing, back
0: to an email at this point. You're gonna, if I you're going to be doing that many
1: drafts, my goodness, you need to be start doing some puppies, my friend. The five dollar puppies, they're so like. Ballers I could on do a budget. three puppies
0: right now, but I'm holding that fifteen dollars for my next best ball mania draft. So I could do three puppies, but I don't want to.
1: <laughs> the puppies about eighty percent people ballers on a budget like myself get in there okay five dollars a draft then <laughs> and pro- and plug promo code sgpn in there and give us some credit too um, no, they'll, have, if, they'll
0: have another one after it so there's those there's, 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 oh, there's, there's always there, puppy. There, there, there's, there's, there's always, always
1: puppy. another there's always another draft on underdog you know i compare yeah. it to the like matthew mcconaughey you know being like you know what like you don't you never let them take their money you know what i mean because that would make the money real you know what i mean like uh, that's exactly what underdog is you cut, oh, you I get you know, when they win, you give them another draft, another way to reinvest their money. What's know? that from? Uh, both on Wall Street, you know. Okay, it's the you. exact same thing. Gotcha. I, the underdog guy. I mean, that—that's Matthew McConaughey in that movie. They're like, you never let them take their money with them. That would make the money real. <laughs> I was think,
0: I was thinking for some reason. No, that that, that that's absolutely from the movie. I, I I know exactly where you're referring to it, but in my head, I was thinking that you were referring to his gambling movie two for the money. And I couldn't think oh. of it. That's what, that was the first thing that came to my mind was two for the money with him. And, uh, uh, wasn't, wasn't Al Pacino. Was it?
1: I don't know if I've seen that one. I guess I know what I'm watching tonight.
0: Yeah. Go check that out too. For the money. Really good stuff. <laughs> um, but no, that is, that is a great scene. Absolutely. And I a hundred percent agree.
1: So underdog, there is always another draft on underdog. So up until the season and during the season and the playoffs and every, all year round. So, Thank you for Underdog, and you can find my stuff, you know, we'll be doing a weekly podcast at SGPN. We'll be back next week, Sunday. I'll uh, be dropping uh, Orphan Guide this, this week, a little bit later on with SGPN, TWSN, Player Profiler as well, and the Face Off Sports Network. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody, and have a great rest of your week.